0: welcome to the elevate podcast thank you for tuning in if this is your first episode I've got a treat if this is not your first episode thank you for coming back got a great guest I first met this guest at an event in Washington DC two years ago where he did a fireside chat with Kobe Bryant and he just kind of was one of those people I always wanted to reconnect with he's been a part of our eight quick questions interviews in the past and to tell you a little bit more about him as well he served 10 years in the Air Force. He's an author, an instigator of inspiration, a creative catalyst who brings a playful curiosity, a keen understanding of human nature, and a lifelong love of competition to all his endeavors. I love it. Kevin has given multiple TED Talks and written four highly successful books published by ESPN, Disney Press, McGraw-Hill, and a kid's book about He has helped turn creative ideas into reality for Fortune 500 companies, professional sports leagues, and global nonprofits. Widely acclaimed for his desire and ability to change the world using play and positivity as a catalyst for positive change and self-improvement. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, my man, KC Catalyst, Kevin Carroll. Kevin Carroll, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm
1: good. What's up, TJ? You good?
0: I'm doing great, my man. You know, uh, how are you living these days, given the the circumstances?
1: One day at a time. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. Those are the days of the week for me. So it's all good. It's today. So we made it another one. So that's the way i approach it. Yeah, but it's all good. We're staying healthy and everybody's well here and in spite of all the media attention that Portland's getting, it's really not such a hot mess that everybody's making it out to be. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're maintaining
0: here for sure. That's good to hear. Um, I know kind of uh, given the situation we're in, kind of colliding with how I first came across your work um, was through one of your many TEDx talks about the importance of play. Um, could you talk one, I guess, importance that sometimes we don't realize that that play's in development and also maybe the impact um, our, uh, COVID's having on that um, as we're seeing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always talk about play as being my saving grace and that it allowed me to connect and belong from the beginning. My childhood, there was a playground in the neighborhood of my grandparents' house, so it was really cool that that was kind of the convening place for everybody in the neighborhood. We had a really athletic community, and it was an expectation you would play sports there and how good you would be. That was basically up to you, but everybody expected you to try things and it was just the way it was in my neighborhood. So I was one of the kids that had a really high athletic IQ and I had some quicks and some speed <laughs> and stuff. Still got a little bit of it, yeah. you know, but not, not at the same rate, but yeah, but definitely can, can move when I need to. But yeah, so I think, you know, I, I, it was my saving grace. My first safe place was that playground and it was the first place that I felt like I belonged and I was welcomed unconditionally. And so I think I've always seen play as a really, really important part of our ability to belong somewhere and to connect and be part of a community. So as you start to look at, and and, and in our neighborhood, it didn't matter your physical abilities, if you were dealing with any physical challenges, people, it was all about, everybody had to be playing. So we were super inclusive about it. And it was just, the, we made accommodations before that was even like a thing, right? Like we were doing that for, you know, kids in the neighborhood, whatever, it didn't matter. So
0: yeah.
1: I think um, I learned about, you know, inclusion. I learned about connection. I learned about welcoming. I learned about um, inviting. I learned about being unconditional all through play. And so that just obviously served me really well you know, as I got older and in my adult life and all that. So a lot of people weren't surprised that I, you know, a mouthpiece on behalf of the power sport and play. Like a lot of people that grew up with me have said, of course, like, because you've always been about a ball. You've always been about that. It's just, I didn't have the language or the ideas, but I just knew it was really important to me. So I never wanted to be away from it. And little did I know it would take me on the journey that it did. But I think, uh, You know, as we're dealing with the, quote unquote, the lack of being able to connect in a traditional sense, but people are so inventive and innovative. It's been amazing to see what we as human beings are capable of coming up with and, you know, how we can safely social distance and we can do these other things. And so I've been really impressed, really impressed with what we've been able to come up with as it relates to being playful and finding time for fun. And finding time for play and being I mean, you know, people playing tennis between buildings and <laughs> yeah. I mean just crazy, amazing, inventive things. So I, I think this is just one of those great moments in time that we'll look back and you're going to see, you know, how innovative and inventive and imaginative we are as human beings through this moment. And play is not going to suffer. It's just going to be reimagined. Yeah, it's like the you know,
0: constraint creates creativity sometimes oh absolutely yeah absolutely new court new we'll play tennis this way
1: (laughs) right yeah we'll just yeah we'll just do it this way I mean you look at you know the Bundesliga was the first to come back and start play and you watch with each week how the players started making adjustments and figuring out how to play they were kind of a little off at first but I said you go see who's got some dog in them you're going to see who's really a competitor, sure. Sure. right? Because if you getting hyped by the fans, that's, that's not enough. So you're going to might be off your game, but you're seeing it. And I, that's why I think it's really interesting for, you know, the competition piece. You're seeing the athletes no that doubt. the love of the game is real yeah. for them. Right. And like, I don't care. We could be playing on a sandlot. We could be playing in an alleyway. We could let's just go, let's go. And then you see others. Well, I don't have my walk up and nobody's seeing my fits and, I don't understand. And I don't like it. Well, then you know what? You, you're you a different kind of athlete. <laughs> you're a different kind of competitor. And I think you're going to really get to witness those real competitors now.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, during this pandemic, we've also seen a, a massive call for social justice, police reform, um, and all these other events that have led to some, 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 A positive movement. I'm curious from your, you know, roots and your story as a service, what needs to be done next in this country to move us forward?
1: I just keep telling all my friends to keep asking me, do you think this is the moment? And I say, no, I think this is nudging it forward. I think this is a significant moment because it's one of these rare moments that Everyone is home globally and got nowhere to go and got nowhere to be. And so everyone is witnessing everything and that's going to leave an indelible mark. And then you're going to have to make effort to ignore it. And so I think that's, what's really unique about this moment. I think it's still a work in progress. I mean, I, I tell people I'm the youngest old head you're going to meet, right? But I'm an old head. And so I've seen a lot of stuff and I've, You know, I have friends ask me that. And I said, I don't think it's the moment. I think it is going to nudge it forward. But what I'm asking is millennials, Gen Z, and the ones behind them, do you have the staying power? Because you're going to have to have a lot of stamina to keep advancing it. That's what it's going to take. And I just think that it's going to be really interesting to see what nets out globally. Because what you've witnessed is, Oh, that's happening in the United States. We got that issue here, too. Yeah. And you've been seeing all this bubbling up everywhere. And the U.S. was a catalyst for others to feel emboldened and encouraged to raise their voice, too. For so sure. the rally around this moment has been so just remarkable. And to see, you know, leagues around the world and getting recognized, right? Black Lives Matters. And I've been like, wow, like never in my lifetime. And I've actually talked to Miss Lane's husband. Miss Lane's passed away six years ago, but Mr. Lane's still alive. And you've read that in my book and everything the significance of that Mm. family to me. Mr. Lane just turned 90 last week. And I asked him, I said, Mr. Lane, what did you ever think in your lifetime you would see like this? He goes, nope. And I said, do you think this is the moment? And he said, no. He said, it is a moment and it's a special moment. It's unique, but it's not the moment yet. He said, your generation had to do some work. Now these, uh, these generations behind you have to do some work. And he said, we'll see if they have the, you know, the energy, right. As John Lewis said to do some good trouble. Yeah. Right. And I I think that's what it's going to take, right. Is to, keep pushing and nudging it forward and, and continue to fight the good fight.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, kind of combining that, you know, sports has always played a role in, and you, when you talk about unifying, whether it's countries rate, right. Um, just with a ball, right. How much a ball can unify people like, like, you know, um, from this moment, what role do you see sports playing, especially yesterday seeing what we saw in the NBA and we're starting to see as more professional leagues come alive?
1: Well, I would even say, you know, I saw in the English premier league, yeah. we saw an MLS, right. Then we saw major league baseball. Now we're seeing the NBA, the WNBA. Yeah. Amazing. Like amazing for these, these entities right these enterprises to recognize that this is a really significant moment and we have to allow that athlete activists to have a platform because if you don't allow it they're going to take it anyway they feel empowered and their voices will not be squelched and so i think i'm so impressed with the league's their willingness to lean into this, and yeah, they may have been reluctant before, but you know what? Can't ignore it now. No doubt. So you really stand out if you're ignoring it now, right? And right, as I I've, I've been saying, right, the woke mob gonna come after you. They gonna get you, <laughs> right? And so these players, they they feel they're not afraid. And I think that's really, if you want to take something away from all this, is just they. F- feel emboldened and they feel empowered and they feel like if not me then you know who who's going to do it and i i really am impressed with that and i'm impressed with the league's willingness and all that i think the nfl is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out and Mm. but my gosh you know i've always said this we all speak ball right it's one of the first words for a child it's one of the first, and that is proven, right? That is yeah. empirical research that demonstrates yeah. that, um, you know, Friedrich Froebel who started kindergarten actually said that the first gift that a child should get should be a ball or something round because it explains the world. Yeah, The world is round. It can get away from you. You can invite someone to play with you. I mean, it's really magical when you start to think about what a ball can do. Yeah. And so I think This platform, this opportunity, it's not surprising that sports is going to play a role in telling the stories, in bringing awareness, in shining a light on. And I think, you know, the athletes are recognizing their platform and their ability to influence. And so I'm very, very impressed with their efforts and what they're willing to do and the time. Because, listen, they're dedicated to their craft. And they're recognizing that's not enough. So we really have to, you know, you know, give them their due that they're willing to actually, I mean, some are opting out of their work, their craft to go and do bigger work. So that's in the spirit of Muhammad Ali, right? Yeah. That I'm going to walk away maybe at the, at the pinnacle of my career to go address something that is more important. And I think that we can't ignore that. And so what's bringing everybody to pay attention to sport right? And, and that is the convening tool. It's magical that, right? They say it's the opiate of the masses. It's been called that. But I really think it is the, the most universal convening tool that people will pause their day, their lives to tune in to a very specific moment in sports. And you want to be able to say, where were you when that happened? Yeah. Right? So I think this is one of those moments and sports is going to play a significant role in it
0: i think so too it's it it gets me excited i think like i love seeing it um yeah you know so one voice that i i wish we kind of had in these times was a man that that you knew when he was young and and no longer with us but kobe um you knew him at a young age and when i had the opportunity to see you on stage with him a couple years ago in dc it was amazing um and there's a story that was brought up, and I wanted to talk more about that. Uh, it, in this whole conversation, there was this thing about a pool workout brought up. Oh, yeah, the pit bull. And the so pit bull. yeah. If, if my mind serves me right, you know, I, I can't remember how old Kobe was at the time. You were, you know, working as a strength and conditioning coach, I think, with the 76ers.
1: I was the head athletic trainer then. Okay, yeah. head, head athletic and, and, trainer. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I I was certified in strength and conditioning. So okay. I was doing a little bit of both. I was leading the performance team. But yeah, but he would come through St. It, Joe's. And in fact, it was, no, I, I want to say I wasn't even with the Sixers then. He misspoke. I was still at St. Joe's. I hadn't okay. started with the Sixers yet. Okay. And we started doing, and he was in high school. Would have been an NCAA violation, I think, or something now. I don't sure. know. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I was helping him out. And I was doing this pool workout, so he agreed to do this pool workout with me. But the funny thing is he said, I've, I've never been tired in a pool, right? Yeah. Like, I've, I never got tired in a pool workout. And so I said, well, come with me. <laughs> and so, uh, so we did this thing where I tie a, a bungee cord to starting block in the deep end. You wade yourself out, you have on a water vest, so you're floating. And then you start to do a series of sprints that are timed, but you have to reach to where I'm at. So I'm on the side of the pool and I would keep moving further, but you'd have to fight the tension of the cord to stay out far enough because otherwise it's pulling you back and then you really have to work to get to me. Oh, by the time we finished that, he's like, oh, he said, what did he say? It was beautifully awful. (laughs) (laughs) It awful. It was beautifully awful. Yeah, but I mean, to you want to talk about a rough start to the 2020 was that. Yeah. like A lot of people, they haven't necessarily forgotten, but they go, oh, my gosh, wait. I, we started the year with that. Yeah. That tragedy.
0: I, I kind of had that moment the other day. I was like, it felt like it was longer ago, but it wasn't.
1: Oh, honestly, <laughs> right? It feels like it's – it does feel like it's – Oh, well over a year ago. And it's just a few months ago. And you just go, wow. And I think to your point, could you imagine his voice right now? It would be remarkable. I, just,
0: I think at that event, was, it was an experience to, to see him in a different light as he transitioned from his career. And it, it just had got, I think, as a lot of people were excited to see the next phase of the life. And, oh,
1: it, it, and it was just getting started. Yeah, I mean, it was just getting started. And so I think the more that we start to recognize, I just saw this post from um, Sabrina Ionescu, right? Did you see that she just had a 30.7 rebound, seven assist game or something, right? Like over 30, 37
0: to seven. Was that her first?
1: It was her first 30 piece that she put, right? Okay. She then had side by side, Kobe's because they're super close that family uh-huh. Kobe's same age 22 oh. same stats
0: oh just down the score yeah. box uh,
1: so wow. so it was crazy I just saw that before our call right that shows uh, give me yeah goosebumps. right that, like like literally she said you know you can't make that up right and so you know once again her connection to that Mamba mentality and you know her carrying that legacy forward it's a big thing to put on oneself but you know she's built for it i think so and i think that uh you know with the right kind of support and you know you got to stay healthy that's the other thing too but for sure be, you know she could be writing rewriting history books in her own way but yeah. it's her whole thing too she wants to win games right so she don't like dropping them numbers and not winning games competitor yes <laughs> like, yes absolutely
0: yeah um so kind of you know as she writes her story you've uh, been known for your storytelling you you know over your time you spent seven years at nike um i believe you got to create your own title at nike back in the day yeah uh the title which when i talk about you people kind of like what's the <laughs> catalyst about and i'm like well if you've ever like engaged or seen them live it kind of clicks like it's easier for you to understand yes but for those listening, um and that title has transferred to your work now. It's something when, when I, like I mentioned, with your presence, you feel it. <laughs> you, you can, mm. oh yeah, that guy's a catalyst for something good. Like, you <laughs> know, like I don't know what it is, but whether it's a Zoom call or you get him in the room, it, it's amazing. But what does it mean to you to be a catalyst? What is the the behind that a little bit?
1: So, so it all it's all rooted in the, in the scientific definition, right? A catalyst is an excitatory agent that speeds up or changes the process, but a catalyst is only there temporarily, right? It's not there to basically overtake anything. It's, it's an additive, right? An excitatory agent, an additive. So I'm an additive, right? I'm that spark, right? I'm that instigator of inspiration, but then I'm out, right? Cause I got more work to do. And that's the way a catalyst behaves, right? It's got more work, more sparks to create. And so I think that's part of what I started to discover is that I love being that instigator, being that bellows fanning something, but then I'm on to something else. Now it's up to you. And I love the fact that a catalyst never takes ownership of the outcome. That's up to what was catalyzed, that individual, that organization, those people. So, hey, you can tell me what happens, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it moving. And I think that's what people need to understand when we talk about behaving like a catalyst, right? How can you be that spark? Everybody can be a catalyst in their own right, in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of it is living in that mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Because if you're in scarcity, you want to own something. You want to, it's mine. I did that. Look what I did, right? I'm not looking for kudos, accolades, attaboys, right? Because if you shine, I shine. And that's my attitude. If you shine, I shine. So you go, if I help you shine, you're going to talk about me. That's the way it works, right? And so otherwise, i got more work to do. I don't got time to be, hey, could you let somebody, could you put me on? No, I'm gone, right? I'm on to the next thing. I'm that spark. And so a catalyst is an excitatory agent that speeds up or changes the process. And so as my friend said, like, you're a human catalyst. Like, you're a spark. You're an instigator. And, you know, he went to the point, like, so even my hat, Yeah, yeah. Is kind of like that about being a catalyst, having curiosity, the question mark, and the exclamation mark is about that boom, that bang, that energy. So this is actually called an interrobang, interrogative, the question mark, and bang, the exclamation mark. So it's an actual grammatical symbol. Typically, they're connected. So, this is a disjointed tarot right. right. It's a separate tarot but it is a grammatical symbol. And my buddy said, Yeah, you're the human in tarot bang. So, <laughs> so uh, he made some hats for me. So, that's my, uh, this is what I like to rock is my tarot bang hat. So, team in one all day, every day.
0: This, if, we'll, we'll link up a photo so you can see exactly what he has described <laughs> to us here. Um, uh, along his journey, Kevin has wrote a bunch of amazing books. One that sticks out to me as a father of a, a son with special needs um, and just always being part of teams as an athlete growing up was this um, the kid's book to belonging. And it kind of just melts my heart thinking about it a bit. But can you talk about maybe why you wrote that book? And you touched on it earlier about how sports and a ball – But this sense of belonging, why is it so vital to to us as as humans and people?
1: So it's, I mean, it's one of the most fundamental human needs, right, is you need to feel like you belong somewhere. And we seek that out. And good, bad, and different, right? You're going to find a place where you fit in, because no one wants to be that lone wolf, right, that outsider. You just don't, right? That's not the way we're wired. And so we're always trying to find a place to belong. And my point in the book, and you know, I talked about belonging for me, being at the playground, but I really kind of started thinking about where's the first place you should belong? And I said, well, you should belong to yourself, right? We talk about self-love and self-care, right? And being comfortable in your own skin, if you will. And so that's the whole point, right? Is if you need to be okay with you first, then you go and you belong anywhere because people need to like, Alan Iverson said, you got to love me for me, right? Like, right, <laughs> right? But I take it one step further. When I realized I wasn't for everyone, that was my life hack. That was the unlock for me. That let me feel empowered because I'm not worried about it. If If you don't feel me, it's all good, right? I know there's somebody else that does, right? And so getting comfortable with who you are, belonging to yourself, then you can fit in all these other places because you'll know they're accepting me for who I am. I'm showing up as me. And that's what you're hearing a lot of people talking about right now in these turbulent, tumultuous, uncertain times is people want to show up hey, accept me for who I am. Right. And then we can move from there. And so I think belonging is about that, right, is belong to yourself. Be comfortable with who you are and show up as genuinely and authentically and honestly that way, consistently. And people, they and if they don't feel you, keep it moving.
0: For sure. If you don't feel this podcast, there's plenty more out there. But that's I'm right.
1: Sure. That's right. Yeah. Keep it moving. <laughs> Keep it moving. Yeah. I know you're gonna, gonna be somebody. gonna be somebody that's gonna feel this, right? And that's the way that works, TJ. That's it. For that's sure. how. But you have to have that attitude about it, yeah. right? That I know this isn't for everyone, but that one out there that needed to hear this, we did this for that person, no. and that's really the work. Yeah. right is right and my actions may seem small but their collective impact will be great i'm going to do my part no doubt every day right what's, like you're doing your part that's what it's about
0: quick follow up on that for you too kind of uh, when it comes to belonging what's one thing we can do as people to help other people feel that they do belong
1: so i always say it's important to ask really good questions of people. And so I like to ask, what's giving you hope?
0: It's a good question.
1: What's giving you hope, right? And then I also like to, you know, say, you know, what's something I don't know about you, a special gift, a talent, a tiny talent, something that you have that I wouldn't necessarily read on your bio, whatever, something interesting that you do, or you care about, or you enjoy, that maybe you don't you know openly share but we need to know that about you we should know that because that's coming with you into the workplace on a zoom call into the community so the more i know about you the more that i can relate to you and maybe i can put you on to something so i think you know asking those kinds of questions and you know also always asking people what are you doing for self-care how are you taking yeah. good care of you especially right now yeah. right and we know The generation of millennials, Gen Z, they're the most anxious generations in history. And with good reason. They've had to deal with so much, right? So it's not surprising that they're very anxious. So we should be modeling for them self-care, right? Asking them what they're doing and encouraging that. And I think the more that we can, you know, find some hope, some positivity on the regular, make sure we're doing something so that we show up, we're taking good care of us. I mean, then we can, we got a, we got a fighting chance, right? But you got it. And then repeat that day after day after day. Yeah.
0: Today, tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yesterday, today, tomorrow.
0: Yesterday, yes. Today tomorrow. So you were named among an extremely impressive list. And one of the questions we like to ask on this podcast is people's how do they define or what's their idea of success? Um, but Success Magazine named you one of 19 seers that are changing the world. Um, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, there's some other crazy, like impressive list, man. Um, I got you on this podcast because I know you're changing the world. I know you're a catalyst. Um, but what does success mean to you?
1: So if you shine, I shine that's success to me, right? That, that I'm a direct, a direct reflection of all the people that I put on, right. And lift up. And that's the only reason I'm here is somebody did that for me, Miss Lane, right. And my community and all those people who saw that we were the three boys, me and my two brothers that didn't have, we didn't have a family. didn't have a mom or dad. We have our grandparents that did the best they could. So I got raised by a community of people. And so I've, I should be doing that. I should be reaching out to other people because that's why I'm where I'm at today. And so if you shine, I shine. That's success to me, right? There's no greater reward, as Miss Lane would say, and she was a school teacher for 33, 32, 33 years in Philly, that she said when those former students would come and say to you, you won't remember me, but you came or you did or you said or you shared, and now i'm getting my teacher moments right the, you won't remember me but you came to my middle school you spoke at my high school you were at my college i was at this event i still have this book from 10 years ago and th- and so that warms my heart but it also reminds me that i have to keep showing up and i have uh-huh. to show up authentically and genuinely right because it matters to this one. There's someone in the audience or someone listening in that they needed to hear this today. They needed to see me today. They needed to hear my message today. So I ain't ever going to be phoning it in. There ain't no way. And I have Miss Lane in my ear to tell me that, right, and remind me that, that it, you, you never know how far your handshake goes. You never know who's in that audience that needs to hear from you. So keep showing up. Right? And I think that's the thing that I've realized, right? If you shine, I shine, so you can count on me to be as my grandfather say, be where your feet are, I'm gonna be present, yeah. right I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna do my part, and I'll say it again, my actions may seem small, but their collective impact will be great,
0: yeah
1: and so I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna keep doing over and over and over and you know, just like teachers over time, you look back over the legacy and you're like, my gosh, look at all the students that I've met. But then you start to think about what is the impact of that? Yeah. And that's where There's I that think long. that's, the, that's success.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I love the simplicity and the beauty in the, I shine, you shine.
1: Honestly. It's right. Nice. I mean, for me, and once again, right, that's my point of view on it, right? That I'm only as good as the collective, right? And I'm a firm believer in the collective energy, the collective impact that we will make.
0: That's a, I vibe with it because I don't know if you saw my email. I say, sign off, elevate others. Yeah, honestly. that's my trying to throw some shine. And, yes. and also remind myself when I end every email, are you elevating others? today in this email yeah. are, are, are you doing it's my self reminder like someone yeah. said i like that i go that's my self reminder
1: yeah so, but it's also a great reminder are you being transactional or are you being transformational
0: that yeah i've rewritten emails because i get to the bottom and realize that that's probably better yeah, way yeah
1: that's not yeah there's probably a better way to frame that right or right to not feel like i'm just being really transactional with someone yeah. and yeah there's a time and place but you know you don't want to always you don't don't want that to be your MO, right? The way that you operate, right? And I think there's way too much of that. But I think the pandemic, because it slowed everybody down, and I've always said that there's power in the pause. There's power when you have to pause. And people have been forced to pause, which means then you were forced to reflect because you couldn't get out of your own way. (laughs) But you were stuck with you. (laughs) Yeah. And people started like reflecting and thinking about stuff. And now people started to meet their kids again, right? Like, like, wow, I and people started, I like you, or I don't kinda like you. Maybe you <laughs> need it, right? I mean, but there was a lot of discovery. No, and man. I think that was needed because we were getting away from that. And you're seeing families that, you know, out for dinner and everyone's on their device with their head down. Yeah. And you're not you know you're what did they what did they say that that you're um together but you but you're distant right so right. right and i think that's what you were seeing people doing when they would be going you know to these moments as families and now families have rediscovered how to be a family rediscovering the joy of connecting in the house and you know board games and puzzles and all these things that people started you know Rediscovering, you know, reimagining, reconnecting to because you had time, yeah, and got nowhere to go and got nowhere to be, right? And it made people like, Well, we in this together. And when you go through, I was in the military, when you go through something together, if you were on teams, you know what that's like when you go through preseason together it is a bonding thing a crucible when you go through some strife together it forms a unit and i think that's what you're going to i i'm hopeful that that is a sustainable thing out of this so people have been more neighborly right that's what um, i really love um, way more neighborly right
0: we moved to our neighborhood a year ago and like, we just felt like it was like a year this year we met the neighbors. <laughs> you know,
1: like it's, right. And, like a, but it's, isn't it beautiful to see oh, how neighborly people have become?
0: I love it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it, it's like a little bit of time travel from being a kid. I, it felt like, which was needed. Um, speaking of time travel and being a kid, uh, the last question, one of the things we always like to ask here, if you could get in that time machine, go back and visit 16 year old Kevin. From your journey, what piece of advice would you want to remind yourself of that you've learned?
1: Uh, Hard work never goes unrewarded.
0: Hard work never goes unrewarded.
1: unrewarded. Yeah, just Mm -hmm. keep working hard. It'll all, you know, turn into something that you never expected. And many times that's what happens when you think you got a plan, there's another plan in play, (laughs) right? And learning how to get out of the way, right? I think that's important. But put in the work, just keep putting in the work and trust and believe that hard work never goes unrewarded. And many times your agenda is just yours. It is not the universe. It's not anybody (laughs) else's. So when something's going to tip in your favor, that's not up to you. You don't have control of that. And so I think the more that you recognize that I'm going to just keep putting the work in and trust and believe that something good is going to come of this. And inevitably it does. I've seen it too many times, and I've seen it play out for me countless times, and I've seen it play out for others, and so Mm. that would be the message I would give to myself back in the day there. Yeah, hard work never goes unrewarded, so trust and believe in that.